0: Welcome to the King's Cost dynamic teaching, recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. For Mother's Day, we've got our very own Patience Tilbury is going to be bringing the word of God. Give her a big warm welcome. Good morning. Uh, We're going to read our scripture. If we turn our Bibles to the book of Exodus 1, we're going to read from um, verse 15 through to chapter 2 up to verse 10. So if we are all there, I will start reading. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shepra and Paul, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the deliveries too, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the, the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live?" The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bath, and the attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent a female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and he felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nest the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I'll pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, um, I'm just going to talk about a few things that believe will fit in. With the day today, it is Mother's Day. Amen? Mother's day. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers at King's. And happy Mother's Day to me too. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> so in this story we've just read, it's a story in the time in Egypt where it was very difficult for the Hebrews. They were being, their babies were being killed. So it was such a crisis, a very difficult time. I can only imagine being a mother, knowing your baby is going to be killed. And it was happening. It wasn't just a a rumor. It was happening. Pharaoh felt threatened. He saw the Hebrew population growing. And he felt the more they grow, they're going to threaten his position. They will threaten his leadership. He didn't like that. It's amazing what leaders do, isn't it? When they are panicking, you know, they default to what they know. Kill them. This is what a Pharaoh did. So it was a very difficult time for the Hebrews. But I want to draw your attention. If we go back a little bit. If you read um, the word of God in um, Genesis chapter 15, 13 to 14, it is a moment that God had already told Abraham about God had warned his servant Abraham that this moment in time he just read about it was going to happen amen it's a story that's been foretold so in Genesis you, you read that then the Lord said to him know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own And that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation that um, that they serve as slaves. And afterwards, they will come out with great possessions. So God had told this story. It was predestined, if you like. So to God, it was not a surprise. It was a horrible time. But to God, it wasn't a surprise. So I don't know what you're going through at the moment in your life. You're thinking, Oh my god, God, you've forgotten me. Where are you? He is not surprised. God was not surprised. He had told Abraham about it. So now back to our story. It's happening. About the Hebrews had already forgotten even about their grandfather Abraham. But God knew this was going to happen, and it's happening. So in this story, there are some characters I'm gonna bring up, and I believe we can learn from them. We can learn as mothers, for I believe God is calling us to a whole level of motherhood. Amen. So the topic of my sermon today is the heart of motherhood. Because I believe at the heart of motherhood, God is asking us to do it in God's way. Amen. Because some of us have just become mothers and you're thinking, it just happened. It just happened. But God has given us these children as gifts, isn't it? So the men who are in here, don't, don't worry that I'm going to forget you. But I'm just going to concentrate on mothers. Hello, some, you have to give attention to some people today, isn't it? But you also, as men here, you've been brought up by mothers. There are women who have sacrificed, women who have given their all to bring you up. Amen. And also to remember that the women sitting next to you, your wives, they go through such a unique calling, a unique ministry that men sometimes you don't understand. So I'm hoping that this morning, from the characters that we've got in our story, we can learn one or two things that God is requiring of us. Amen. So if you look at at the story we just read, there's four women, if you like you have got the two midwives. Pharaoh goes to them. He says, well, I need you to work with me. I've got a plan, right? So when the Hebrew women are giving birth, I want you to kill them straight away. Do it in your job. No one will notice it. Amen. But the Bible going to say they didn't do what the Pharaoh said. Remembering Pharaoh was... The ultimate leader, if you like, at this point in time, he was like a god. But the midwife said, we are not doing what you've asked us to do. Why? Because the fear of God in their lives told them not to do so. So those are the two women first I want to look at. And then you've got Moses' mother, right? The Bible says there was a Levite woman. She gives birth to Moses. And she hid him for three months. And she couldn't hide him anymore. She put him in a basket. Asked her daughter to take him to the river. And then there's Pharaoh's daughter. She comes to the river to bath. She sees the basket. She she saves Moses, amen. So from looking at these characters, I believe this motherhood is a unique calling. It is an amazing calling that God has just Sometimes we take it for granted, don't we? Ah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's natural, it's done. But I believe there's so much that women or mothers have got to go through. And I believe it's an amazing calling upon our lives. Amen. And as a unique calling, it comes in all different sorts of forms. It comes when we give birth. This has been ordained before when um, Adam and Eve... Um, fell in the um, garden of Eden. And the Lord said to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. So we can become mothers by giving birth, which is the way that we all know, right? And then we move on. We can become mothers by adopting, right? So if you look at Pharaoh's daughter, she comes to the river, she sees a basket, she looked in the basket, there's a child in there. She hears the cry. She, she she knows it is another of the Hebrew boys. And because of compassion, she adopted this child, right? So some of us in here, we've adopted. We've become mothers by adopting. Amen? And there's another form of motherhood that is through caring. Through caring for God's children. You look at the midwives that the Bible says later on, God rewarded them by giving them families of their own, which means they didn't have families of their own, I believe. So we can look at ourselves this morning and think what you're talking about doesn't concern me because I've never given birth. Amen. But I want to assure you this morning that there's so many forms of mother. There's so many ways We can become mothers. And some of you this morning, probably God has pressed on your hearts to go and save lives. Isn't it funny that Pharaoh, he saw the potential in these babies. So he decided to kill them. But as we have known Christ, we don't really see that these young generations have got so much potential. There's so much about them that even the world knows about. So I believe some of you this morning, God is knocking on your hearts. Stop feeling sorry for yourselves for what you haven't got because there's so many children of God out there. You need to just step and look after them. I believe so. I believe that. So motherhood comes in different kinds and forms. For some really, my heart do go out to you. Some with Wanted to hold their own children. But it doesn't happen at the time you want. And my prayer is that God, in the fullness of time, will give you what you desire. Amen. Now, I believe also that um, motherhood, it's worth the cost of it. There's so many things you do as mothers, isn't it? So many, so many different things. But before I explain that anyway... As mothers, we feel sometimes, isn't it, as as we look after our own children, we start looking um, at our friends who've got children and we're thinking, I'm not doing a great job of it. Look at her. She's got no dark circles. (laughs) Look at her. She's looking amazing, isn't it? So sometimes we start comparing and competing with other mothers, with other children. You look at it thinking, why is mine not like hers? Right? So it's not a competition. We can't compare motherhood. It's unique to each individual. Amen. It's unique to each and every mother. The other day, my son came home. Uh, He said, Mom, you should try Andy Sherry's cake. I said, pardon? You should try Andy Sherry's carrot cake. So Andy Sherry is one of my friends. I said, okay, I will try. What, What are you trying to say? It's the best. (laughs) I said, no, no, you need a word with your father. You don't tell your mom. Someone else's cake is the best. (laughs) Anyway. So I I, I thought about it. I said, that's it. So luckily a friend had bought me a mixer for Christmas. I thought, this is it. I had a moment. Mama Bear here is going to make a carrot cake. So, yeah. So I went on an attempt to make a carrot cake. And let's just say it didn't really turn out to be a carrot cake. So my son was watching me all this time. So he says, Mom, it's not a competition. I said, I didn't say I'm competing, I'm just trying to make a carrot cake. He said, No, but you, you don't have to do it because Andy Sherry makes a carrot cake. (laughs) Anyway. So he then went on to say, Mom, but you make good Victoria sponge cake. I really like yours. I said, okay. That's that's good. What else does mommy make that's good? (laughs) So I said, no, no, let's just stop with the Victoria sponge cake. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it was a moment for me to learn I should have been happy really that I've got a friend who can make a good carrot cake. And I'm very good at Victoria's sponge cake. So I can't compete because even if you put the two together, you can't test them and then tell, compete or compare them. Because carrot doesn't taste like vanilla. It's different. But both of us are good at something. We are good. I'm good at the sponge cake. She's good at the carrot cake. I should just left it like that. <laughs> Which, anyway, eventually I had to because I could not make a carrot cake at that point. I'm still learning. Amen. <laughs> but equally as mothers, sometimes we get drawn into this competitive spirit, don't we? We don't realize it. It starts as comparing, it starts as just watching. But what we need to realize is that actually we are very good at some other things. Motherhood is unique to each one of us, the way we raise our children. Our children are different, so they're going to grow up differently. They've been gifted differently. They are gifts that's been given to us by God, and they are different. But what we can do is to work as a team, to work together. It's be good to go to your friend and say, you know what? I can't sleep. The child is not sleeping. Can you give me some advice? Right? That's what we can do. But if we just start and look and think, oh, my God, she's doing it better than me, or I'm doing it better than her, that doesn't work. So as mothers, we need to learn to work together, to work as a team, to work in our ministry that God has called us together. Amen. And another lesson we can learn from um, these women here is that motherhood is a worthy worthy cost because it costs you to be a mother. You will have to take risks in being a mother, right? You will have some sleepless nights. I know some of us here are expecting. And and people keep saying, ooh, make the most of now. (laughs) Ooh, you know, sleep for 24 hours now (laughs) before it happens. It is true. But we keep having the children because we enjoy it so much. (laughs) Amen. But there is some cost to it. You have to get up at a certain time to take them to school. You have to get up midnight if they are not feeling well. You have to share your bed with them. You have to be a very good transport manager. You have to be very good at logistics. You've got to be good with money. You have to be a good negotiator. There is so much. So if you look back into our characters in the Bible, you look at Pharaoh's daughter. The Bible says she looked in the basket. She saw the boy. She knew it was a Hebrew boy. She knew it. And her father was actually killing these children. So imagine that. You know your father is killing them, but you know what? She chooses to rescue the boy. That's betrayal, if you ask me. If your father had known about it, she risked a lot. It was risky. But she went ahead and did it anyway. Amen. So I bet when she was doing it, she wasn't thinking, oh, I'll be rewarded at the end of it. She did it because it was a good thing to do. It was compassion that drove her to doing it. though it was risky. Right? And you look at Moses' mother. The Bible says she kept the child for three months. Imagine that. The next doors are talking. Ooh, we can hear a baby crying next door. She's risking it. She's risking it. So for three months, she keeps him. After three months, she knows she can't keep him anymore. She defies this, that they're going to come anyway. But what I'm going to do is take him there. She took him to the same Nile River where the babies were being killed. So she makes a basket and says to her daughter, take him. Just watch what happens. She had no idea Pharaoh's daughter would come. She just did it in faith. She risked a lot. If she was caught with this child, I bet she would have been punished, given these people were slaves at the time. So they are doing all this knowing they are slaves. They have no rights in this land. If you are caught, your punishment is probably double. Amen. And you look at the midwives. They risked it. They went against the ultimate leader of the land. He gives orders and they say, no. No, we serve God. We fear God. We are not going to do what you've asked us to do. They were risking their life. They could have been killed. So motherhood is a worthy cause, I believe. Amen. And you ask, why would they risk their lives for this? Why would they do what they did? I believe they believed in the life that they were saving. The child they were saving is Moses. And we all know about the story of Moses and we read about Moses. And we know the great works that he did. that He he rescued the Israelites from the land of the Egyptians. right? So this is the child that they were looking at. They contributed to his life, so they knew the risk is worth it, because the life that they were saving was so special. They knew more than anyone that God has ordained every life; every life matters to God. So, us even today, we are looking around us. Like I said, far on you, the importance that was in these lives. But sometimes I believe, even as mothers in church, we become so complacent, so comfortable, that we're thinking, you know what, if it's not on my doorstep, I don't care. We are reading the news. Some we travel to many countries. You see children on the streets. You see babies abandoned. So we close our ears. We close our eyes and think, I really didn't see it. I've heard about it, but you know what? God will do miracles. But I want you to look at this. The God had ordained this story that's happening. Right? He knew this was going to happen. And he had told Abraham. But he didn't say he's going to come and blast all the Egyptians and Israelites just go. He had to work with the ordinary people for the plan to be carried out. Right? So God, I believe from the beginning of times, he is willing to work with you and me in his ultimate plan. You look at um, the ordinary women here. Midwives is their day-to-day job. Nine to five, they're just going to work. They're not thinking anything about it. They're just midwives. Moses' mother, the Bible just say a Levite woman and a Levite um, husband. They are just ordinary people like you and me, right? So they are not extraordinary people that we look at God's plan. We're thinking it's got to be fulfilled by some mighty prophet. Well, God is just going to come and blast it all off. So we pray for a miracle, Lord. He wants to work with ordinary people to fulfill his plan. He wants to work with mothers who are here. And fathers who are here to fulfill his plan. They didn't know what Moses was going to accomplish. They didn't even think it's just a baby at this point in time. It's just a baby. So the fear of God in the midwives drove them to save a life. The faith in Moses' mother drove her to protect her son. Compassion and love in Pharaoh's daughter's heart drove here to adopt a child. They didn't know that Moses was going to be this mighty lead. I bet when they looked at what he was doing later on, if, were, if they were still alive, they'll look and think, wow, that's amazing. So sometimes even with us, we are counting the cost before we do anything. Phil mentioned last time that before they had a child, he had to fill in a um, spreadsheet, isn't it? You're thinking, oh my goodness, Cool. School uniforms, how much do they cost? Food, you know. But normally this spreadsheet doesn't work. And some, some of you, you find that actually you're having a child. Maybe you don't even have anything to put on the spreadsheet. There is no in coming. There will always be outgoing. So don't worry about it. Because God has given children as a gift. A gift for us to just look after, for God, not for us. Amen. So they risked their life, they took risks. And some of you, like I mentioned um, before, God is asking us, asking you, or probably probing your heart, that out there, in other countries, there are children who are waiting for you. They are waiting for a mother. There are is waiting in a little basket. Waiting for you. And you're thinking, no, no, I'll count the cost. It does not work for me. Where I am at is the perfect place. I've been praying to God for this moment. We have got no overdrafts now. Thank you, Lord. My husband has got a perfect job. It's just balancing. Now, you're telling me to go and do that. So, we are counting the cost. But I want to tell you this morning. When we risk and the risk is in line with the word of God, it is worth it. The cost is worth it. What we can do is just do what God says go and do. For those of you, God is knocking in your hearts and say, go, step it up. Don't count the cost. Step it up. Come on, adopt. Go on, care. Care for those orphans. Cause that's my heartbeat. Go. What we're not doing, we're counting the cost. No, I don't, I don't trust you, Lord. I, don't tr- I trust you a little bit. But I don't trust you that further. I've trusted you so far. Because I got a house. I got a car. We've got good jobs. We've got two children. It's enough. But I don't trust you further. So the last time I checked, we are trusting God. To just be comfortable. Give, 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 give me. Amen. So I believe this morning God is speaking to our hearts, even to Father's hearts this morning, that we need to stop it. Stop counting the cost. The cost that's in line with God's will is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it, church. And if you look um, further on, Moses does. Mighty works. He does great. It was the greatest movement, I believe, at that time. The miracles he did, the moving out of Egypt. He was an amazing leader. So it's rewarding, isn't it? We will get a reward as mothers. But the problem is, sometimes, you know, I believe in these generations, isn't it? You want to know, well, you've asked me to do that. What am I going to get out of it? Right? What's the reward about? And if you don't know what you're gonna get, oh, forget it. No, it's no. No, I'm not gonna do it. But if you look in this story you just read, Moses turns out to be one great leader. But the women who contributed in his life, they took massive risks. But equally, God did reward them, didn't He? He did. So there's a great reward in all we do, church. In Exodus 1, verse twenty says, so God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own, right? So they were given families of their own all because they helped save save the lives of um, Hebrew boys. God rewarded them individually. If you look at Moses' mother, I don't know what kind of miracle that would have been. It was a miracle. You can't explain it. Her child, she knows he has to be. They want to kill him. But with faith, she, she stands and trusts God. And she puts him in a basket, takes him to the river. And Pharaoh's daughter comes. She finds the baby. And Moses' sister is there. Moses' sister asks, Do you want me to find a Hebrew woman to look after your baby? Imagine that. You part with your child thinking he's going to die. I bet she didn't expect even to see him anymore. So she sends a daughter and says, take him. Just tell me what happens when you come back. I don't know what's going to happen. So she does it herself. Take him to the river where all the other boys are dying. So just take him there. But I trust God that he will do what he wants to do. But guess what? God had other plans. Moses' mother was given a son back to look after. And this river, the Nile River, at the time, children were dying in it. I believe at that point it was a death river. It's a river of death. It's sad. You can't explain it. But here is Moses. He is picked up from the same river alive, given back to his mother, and becomes a river of life. So I don't know what rivers have stopped flowing in your life this morning. Why you feel you know what is dead. You can pray all you like, I don't see any life. There's no hope. But God this morning is saying, no, I'll bring out life. And I'll even surprise you, that life will be amazing. It will be amazing. So Moses is given back to his mom. I don't know how the mother felt. You are giving me back my son to look after him. What just happened? What happened is because God was in this plan. God was in it. She trusted God to work with God in looking after a child. And God was in it. So if we deny God in all our plans... And if you think, you know what, that's just too much for me. We'll do it on our own. It won't work. But this morning, God God is asking us as mothers, bring God back into your children's life, into your plans, into your family's lives. Fathers, bring God back to be the head of your households. Bring him back. He will give us lives. He will give us life in abundance. And it will shock us. So Moses' mother was rewarded. We will be rewarded for everything we do for God. We will be rewarded even as Paul saying, I press towards the goal for the prize on the upward call. There is an upward call and we will get the prize there. Amen. There is a reward, church. There is a reward to be heard by all who include God in their plants. So imagine being Moses' mother, giving back your child, look after it, feed it, which was a dream. She could not imagine that. But God did it for her. And you look at Pharaoh's daughter. I don't know her history. i go with what the Bible says. We are not given. We don't know whether she had children or a husband. But what we are told is that she looked at the baby and she said, you know what? I'm going to adopt him as mine. So she chooses a Hebrew woman and says, I'll pay you to look after my son. It was a son now. It's costing her money. Isn't it? We've talked about it costs. It's costing her money. Some of you, I believe God is calling you to go on mission somewhere. It will cost you money. It will cost you your sleep. I like to sleep. <laughs> it will cost you a lot. But it is worth the cost because we will be rewarded for it. So the Bible says, though she paid the Hebrew woman to look after a child. In the, uh, if we read further, um, it says, um, Moses' mom brought Moses back to Pharaoh's daughter she gave him back to her as her own son. Right? So Pharaoh's daughter, in the end, whether she had no children, I have no idea. But I believe she was so happy to have a son of her own, to have a child of her own. So you look at what these women have done and how God has rewarded them. And the ultimate reward came to the Hebrews. The child that these women, four of them, had contributed to. He turns out to be the greatest leader of all. Don't you think that sometimes in that Sunday school we've got some leaders who will impact our lives in our babies, in our children. There are some leaders who will fulfill the plans of God in this generation. For some reason it's like the children of God we've all become blinded. And the world is taking over. So sometimes you'll be like, oh, charities out there will take it, take care of it. There are so many charities, isn't it? They will do it. Right? We know the importance. We know that God said the children are a gift. We know the world celebrates children as a gift when there's a birth. We celebrate, the world celebrates, because they know it's an amazing gift. What more for us who know the creator, the giver of the gift? We need to cherish these gifts. We need to look after these generations. We need to step it up as mothers, as fathers, and say, Lord, we will work with you. We will work with you. We will come and work with you in these generations, Lord. We will step it up. We will stand in the gap. We will stand by faith. And look after your children. Because I believe with my heart, I believe that God is calling us to step a bit, to go a little bit further, to stop being so relaxed, to stop being satisfied with what we've got. Because I believe he's raising an amazing generation. We heard when the words were being prophesied, you will come, Jesus said, I am coming to judge. But before then, he's pouring out his spirit to raise generations. It's amazing in this church. We've got that spirit. We go in the streets and say, you know what? The spirit of God is upon us. So we're going to take it out there. So you know that you repent before Jesus comes. And this morning, I believe God is saying to mothers, you can do it. Stop counting the cost. You take the risk. It's worth it. It is worth it. It's worth it. Let's work with God for, to fulfill his plan. Amen. There is a reward to be had. There is a reward. So I don't know in your life where you are at. I don't know your walk with Christ. Some of you thinking, what is she talking about? I've only come here once. Oh, this is my first time. I don't know much about Christ. So you need to give your life to Christ. For you to experience the ultimate motherhood, you need to open your life to Christ. Because Jesus came. He died for you. We will enjoy a God-fulfilled motherhood if we allow him to come into our hearts. For some of us, you look at Pharaoh's daughter. She challenges me. She wasn't a Hebrew. She didn't believe in their God. She didn't. And she knew the boy was a Hebrew boy. But she went on and actually adopted. The compassion. Church, when you look at the world with the eyes of Christ, when you look at the world with the eyes of Jesus, we will do what he asks us to do. You look at Pharaoh's daughter. She looked. She took a risk. Her father was killing these children. She didn't give it as an excuse. Because I believe I would have justified it. You can't go against your father. Don't do it. He'll kill you. After all, your blood. But the compassion in her made her go against her father. So some of us this morning, we give excuses. We give excuses because we think sometimes we look at what our fathers were like. What our mothers were like. How we were brought up. You think, no, no, you don't understand. The way I was brought up is different. I've never known a mother's love. I never knew a father's love. So really I'm broken life here. I'm trying to work it. The I, I can be me. So now, if you're telling me to step it up, to do what God wants, it's just too much. So we are stuck on excuses. We won't move because we are always going to be there. So this morning, I believe some of you, God wants to heal. God wants you to forget your past. The important thing is we are here today. And it starts from here and moving on. And we'll stand up and say, you know what? My past, doesn't define me. What defines me is what the son of God says, who I am. And that is what I'm stepping into. So I believe this morning, God is changing the way we view motherhood, I believe. And he's calling mothers to step it out a bit. It's been okay? Yes, you've had your two kids. You've shared the birth times. You've shared all that. And I applaud those mothers who just care for children who are not their own. I believe when you've got such a heart, it's amazing. It's amazing because a lot of us, by default, we become mothers because you've given birth. You have no choice. By default, it's my child, so I'm bound to love him. But there are those who just love Children who are not their own. And I think it's an amazing love. And some of you this morning, God is saying, yes, you can do that. Love that child who is not your own. Because you've known the love of Christ. We need to impart that knowledge to this generation coming. Bringing up in the ways of Christ. Amen. So I don't know where you are at. Whether we keep giving excuses and say, Lord, I can't. But I believe this morning, there are also mothers here. God is saying, well done. Well done for your hard work. Well done for what you've done. And some, we are quite scared, isn't it? When we are called into unknown territories, it's scary. I remember when we were taking our daughter swimming. We've been doing this for two years now, so she's quite good now. But the first few weeks, if you like, I'll take her swimming and she would look at the swimming pool. It was just overwhelming for her. And she would scream, scream the place down. And I was so embarrassed. I'm thinking, I should just take her home. But I'd made the same blunder with her brother. he started swimming too late. So I, I said, that's not going to happen with you. You are going to swim. So she would scream, she would scream. And so we worked it out that if I take her, those who go swimming, who you know, if I take her and hand over to an instructor, so she's, she's all right with that. So the first few weeks I'll do that, I'll take her. I'll hand her to the instructor, and, you know, it went on for a few weeks. After a few months, she said, uh, Mama, can, you can drop me here. I can go. <laughs> so I'll just drop her just near the entrance to the swimming pool, and she'll just run in. A few months later, she said, Mom, you don't even need to come there. I can go by myself. I can swim. I can do it. So I said, well done, good girl. You can swim. You can put your head under the water. Say, said, I can. I can swim better than my brother. So Mom is not needed anymore. But this morning, I feel it's the same with some of us. We've come into Christ. We've received Christ. And God is saying, come on then. We've got a plan to fulfill, you and me. And we've put our feet into the water and we're looking at the swimming pool. thinking, no. How am I going to do that? And I believe your father this morning is saying, it's okay. Just your feet in water, it's okay. Because probably next week it will be your whole body in it. He's cheering you on. Well done, daughter. Well done, baby girl. You are amazing. So for some of you who are doubting, I don't think I can do it. Oh my word. Did, oh my word. It's just by, I'm just by myself. No one else seems to be getting my vision. Your father this morning is saying, well done. Keep going. I'm with you. I'm cheering you on. Before you know it, be like, no daddy, I can do it. I can do it. As my daughter say. No, mom, I don't need you anymore. I can do it. So I believe this morning there are some of you like that. Your father is saying, yes. What I say to you, the vision I've given you, yes, it's from me. Take it one step at a time. I'm cheering you on. Go on. So I believe this morning God is raising a new motherhood altogether in King's Church. That will impact this world. That will impact Africa. That will impact Cambridge. That will impact this whole world. I believe so. But if we keep looking down on ourselves, that's not going to happen. But I believe God wants to fulfill his plan with the mothers here. And the fathers here, too. And some of the young women here, probably, you're looking at me thinking, hmm, I'm still young, I'm at uni. Don't know why you're talking about me, you know. But there's a character in this Bible called Miriam. We know her name later. Moses his sister. She's a young girl. Her mom sends and says, take the basket. Wait with it until, see what happens. There is a girl who knows what's happening, what's at stake. She has to protect her brother. Someone might kill him. If I see someone who wants to save it, I'm just going to intervene and say, you know what? I know a woman who can look after it. If someone is going to kill him, I'm going to run. She's aware of what's happening. So there are young ladies here who feel, you know, I'm just still at school, I'm still at college, I'm still at uni. There's a young woman in this Bible today, Moses' sister. She was aware of what's at stake, aware of her environment. I believe God wants you as young women to know where you are. Your purpose in life. Not defined by this world. Not defined how you look by this world. But let God define your purpose. Amen. Be aware. Be alert. That actually we are here to fulfill God's plan. So your job is to look for the plan. To go to God and say, you know what? As Mary said, Be turned to me according to your word. Amen. So, I don't know where we are at with our journey in motherhood or fatherhood. But I believe this morning God is saying, Go a little bit, step further. Mothers, as Moses' mother, who trust in God and who will teach that trust to young generations. We applaud and we salute our Sunday school teachers. We do. The great job that they are doing. Imparting that knowledge to the, to the children. It's amazing. They are going to lead us, these children. And if we don't teach them the right thing now, they will lead us with what we've told them. If, were, if we let the world to teach them, that's what they're going to lead us with. Because trust me, at some point, you and I are going to need a leader who is young as you and I at some point. Amen. So yes, we need to realize that. Motherhood is amazing. It's a unique calling. Unique to individuals. Unique to our children. Unique. It is a worthy cost. And it's, got, it's rewards. And in closing, church, I want you to reflect on where, we, where you are with your journey in Christ. As mothers, sometimes you look at it and such a boring, mundane, repetitive job—you do the same thing in and out. But I want you to have a whole outlook on it that God is calling you to do. Some of you have mentioned God is tearing your hearts to go and save lives. Some of you are giving excuses. Some of you have not known Christ. So to experience this amazing motherhood, we need to lay our lives at the cross. We need to give our lives to Christ. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, We would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.